You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. This case takes us to the town of Stowmarket in Suffolk in the UK. A well-known couple in the area, Stephen and Anne Searle, had been married for 45 years. They lived in a little cul-de-sac in the Brickfields, with their three sons and many grandchildren frequently popping in and out as well. 64-year-old Stephen and 62-year-old Jessica Anne, who went by Anne, had met in Glasgow as teenagers. Stephen was about to join the Royal Marines at the time, where he would remain for the next 30 years. They soon married and had their sons, Gary, Christopher and Stephen Jr. And the family of five did a lot of moving around, relocating to wherever Stephen needed them. Stephen Jr. said he and his brothers had a happy childhood, filled with lots of fun and laughter. The moving was never a problem, as long as they were all together. In the 1990s, Stephen left the military and he, Anne and their sons settled into a home in Stowmarket where they started running a pub and later a bowling alley. It's safe to say the family was always very busy. Their sons soon married and had children of their own and Stephen and Anne loved the hustle and bustle of their grandchildren being around. Given their very social businesses, Stephen and Anne quickly became popular in the town and were loved by locals and tourists alike. Stephen Jr. described Anne as the glue and backbone of the family, who lived for her children and grandchildren, and their father was their idol and best friend. Between the years of 2013 and 2017, Stephen Sr. started working as a counsellor for the UK Independence Party, more commonly known as UKIP for Stowmarket South on Suffolk County Council. People in the town said he was very hands-on and active in his role, and before long, he was quite a high-profile person in the local political scene. As good as everything had seemed from the outside for Stephen and Anne, behind closed doors can often tell a very different story. By 2017, after Stephen was unsuccessful in the local elections, his and Anne's relationship was at an all-time low. There had been murmurs around town for a while about the couple's issues. The reality was, since the early 90s, the pair had been hiding a lot of volatility and problems from a lot of people. Stephen was extremely controlling, often belittling Anne and putting her down, and before long, the verbal fights became physical altercations, and Anne would often be concealing bruises on her arms and legs. When the family moved to Suffolk, the problems only escalated further and it reached a point where they were fighting every day. Stephen started threatening her life, telling her he could destroy her if he wanted to. On one occasion, inside the pub they owned and in front of customers, Stephen fired a shotgun above Anne's head when he thought she wasn't showing him respect. He then tried to throw her down the stairs. The police were called several times, 
but things never went any further. One thing that only poured more fuel on the fire was that Stephen and Anne were both heavy drinkers and had been for years. The more they drank, the worse the arguments would get. Anne had been to rehab before and was aware that she had a problem. By 2017, she admitted that her drinking was out of control. Her mental and physical health was on a rapid decline and she was miserable. Things got even worse when it came to light that Stephen had had an affair, an affair that would last for three months. Anne, who was having suspicions that Stephen was involved with someone else, eventually guessed the pin to his phone and discovered many exchanges between Stephen and a contact called SBG, his code for Steve's beautiful girl. She was devastated, but had no clue who it was and begged Stephen to tell her everything. After denying it for weeks, the truth finally came out. It turned out that Stephen had been having an affair with his own son's wife and mother of his grandchild, Anastasia. This was a bombshell for the family. Everyone was horrified. When Anastasia was confronted, she said that Stephen had been chasing her for years, long before she started seeing his son, Gary. At one point, she found out Stephen had a folder on his computer full of photos of her, some where he had photoshopped her into graphic and explicit scenes. He then started sending her photographs of himself from decades ago, when he was a bodybuilder, telling her he was lonely and hadn't had sex in years. Anastasia said after months of his persistence, and being fearful of what he might do if she continued to say no, she and Stephen started a sexual relationship. Stephen Jr. said when it all came out, it was a very dark day for the whole family. The betrayal had so many levels to it. He said his mother was completely broken and mortified. Anastasia said she was in a vulnerable place at the time, maintaining she felt ashamed and guilty and was sorry that any of it had happened. Gary stopped talking to his father after this, and he and Anastasia said they had started working hard to repair their marriage. Gary said it brought them closer, and they remained committed to each other. After news of the affair came out, on top of the endless fights and emotional and physical abuse for so many years, Anne was in a very dark place, but told people that she was worried she was too old to start again. Having been with Stephen for 45 years, the thought of moving on was too overwhelming for her, and she said that she would push through and make it work no matter what. As Christmas 2017 was approaching, it seemed that Anne had turned over a new leaf. By December, she had given up smoking, was working on controlling her drinking again, and had lost a lot of weight. She told colleagues that she was feeling positive about her future and was keen to put the past behind her. Despite all of this, sadly, Christmas Day for the family was a less than happy occasion. With the tension already palpable, everything was turning into a fight. Anne was disappointed that Stephen hadn't bothered to get her anything nice to unwrap, and was left tearful and embarrassed when Stephen threw the Christmas dinner she had made in the bin. That night... With her mood at an all-time low, Anne posted a troubling and sad status to Facebook. Happy Christmas to you all. Hope you are doing well. Have a good day. I hope I will still be here in 2018. We will see, she said. 
five days later, everything would change. 10.20pm, the 30th of December, 2017. Police received a disturbingly calm call from none other than Stephen Searle. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, I've uh, just killed my wife. You've just killed your wife? Yeah. Okay. Bit different for you tonight, I think. Happy New Year. Okay, and how have you killed her? Um, suffocation, really, I guess. A uh, bit of a bizarre situation, but, um, you know, don't mind. Okay, is it just the two of you in the house? Uh, well, just the one of us now. Right, okay. Yeah, well, two, you know, yeah. Okay, is there any other sort of issues that the um, officers need to be aware of when they come into the house? Is there uh, no, not really. Um, you know, I'm not violent, I'm not nothing. Um, okay. Um, Stephen, can I just get you to go and answer the door? I believe we should have um, some officers there. Are you able to uh, just go and speak to them? Okay, they're here now, are they? They should be there. I'm on my way. Okay. I'm on my way as we speak. Okay. Hello. Oh, hello, buddy. How are you? All right? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, okay. As can be heard from the 999 call, police had arrived at the house in less than two minutes. As he let them inside, Stephen said, Sorry, I've been a very naughty boy. Everyone has their breaking point. Paramedics tried to revive Anne for half an hour, but she was pronounced dead at 10.58pm. Several hours later, at 4am, Stephen Jr. was woken up by officers banging on his door. He was expecting them to tell him that someone in his family had been in a car accident or had suddenly fallen ill and was in hospital. When they told him the awful truth, that his mother was gone and his father was responsible, he said the wind was knocked out of him and he went totally numb. Stephen Searle was remanded in custody and on the 2nd of January, he appeared at South East Suffolk Magistrates Court He spoke only to confirm his personal details and made no indication of a plea. A post-mortem examination revealed that Anne had died from a sustained compression to the neck. According to experts, Stephen had put Anne into a chokehold for a long period of time. A forensic pathologist said that Anne would have lost consciousness after about 15 seconds and causing her death required further sustained pressure for a period of several minutes. Stephen told the police that he had been acting in self-defence. He said an argument had been sparked after the affair with Anastasia was brought up again. Anne had attacked him with a steak knife and he struggled to fight her off. He said he was using one hand to try and disarm her and the other to restrain her, maintaining he had accidentally killed her in the process. Something police said they didn't believe at all. The investigators said Stephen was a self-centred narcissist caring for little else apart from himself. Detective Chief Superintendent Eamon Bridger 
said his team listened to the 999 call many times, and everything they thought about Stephen as a person was reflected very clearly in those two minutes. He spoke calmly, as if he was ordering some food, with no remorse or sadness, no angst or upset. This was amplified further when it turned out that Anne had actually died, an hour before the phone call to police was made, and he hadn't bothered to contact anyone during that time. Stephen said, Eventually she stopped struggling, and I said, Thank fuck for that. I'm going to have a cigarette. She didn't reply. I was expecting her to kick off again. When she didn't, I thought she had gone to bed, and that it would be fine in the morning. He was still maintaining it was self-defence, and continued with this argument in court, pleading not guilty for murder, and hoping for a manslaughter conviction instead. In July 2018, a seven-day trial got underway. The prosecution were confident that they had enough to convince a jury that this was not self-defence. They argued that Anne would have been unconscious within about 20 seconds, and the way that Stephen had carried on, despite the fact she wasn't responding, was proof that he was intent on killing her in that moment. They said that he hadn't tried to revive his wife, he hadn't called an ambulance, and he hadn't even called the police until an hour later, by which point it was too late to do anything, and his cold and collected phone call to police painted a picture of someone that was not panicking, upset or shaken up by what had happened. He simply didn't care. After just a few hours of deliberations, the jury rejected Stephen's self-defence argument, and he was found guilty of murder. He was later sentenced to life, with a minimum of 14 years to serve. Stephen sat emotionless as the sentence was read out. Stephen Jr. gave a victim's impact statement and said the Searle family will never heal or recover from what had happened. I feel emotionally drained most days. It has taken its toll on me, my family and friends. I have turned to alcohol as a release, which has affected my relationship with my wife and family, physically and emotionally. The relationship between me and my brothers has been torn apart. It has left a huge void in my heart, which is something I will never get over. Losing my mum has destroyed me. It has left me completely broken. The judge said he took into consideration Stephen's age, the fact that premeditation could not be proven, and the fact that he had just been diagnosed with prostate cancer. And he said the minimum term of 14 years to serve reflected all of these factors. The judge said in part, By your own hands, you have brought grief and distress untold upon your family. You have deprived your children of the mother that they loved. You have deprived your grandchildren of their grandmother, and you have deprived Anne of the remaining years of her life. I think that it must go without saying that your actions have caused devastating waves of pain and anguish to crash through your entire family. No sentence that I impose can ever undo that suffering. Good afternoon. As you are all aware today, there has been justice for my mum, and so The thing is, this year, not only have I lost my mum, but my dad as well. So now all I want to focus on is my family and my friends, who can help me through this year and more to come. The part that hurts me the most is I lost my mum. But the person who took my mum away was also my best friend, who was my dad. 
So now it's time to focus on my family and my kids and do the best I can for them. Thank you for your time. Detective Chief Superintendent Eamon Bridger said that their thoughts were with the family and stated, Domestic abuse continues to take place behind closed doors. Suffolk Constabulary will take positive action against the perpetrators where we have the opportunity. When the victims of abuse come to us, we will work with them to address their needs and make them and their families safe. Our focus is firmly on the needs of victims and we will continue to work closely with our partners in tackling this type of crime. The aftermath of what happened that December night is still widely felt in the small and close community. Stephen Jr. said he went to bed with both his parents and in the space of a few hours, they were both gone. The only comfort he takes is that the last time he saw his mother, she was so happy and joyful. The house was filled with laughter and she was in the highest and most positive of spirits. If you have been affected by any of the issues raised in today's episode surrounding domestic abuse, we have left links to further resources in the description box below.